This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello guys and welcome to episode 23 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben and as ever I'm joined by my man Gary. How are we doing? I'm doing very well my friend. We have a special guest as well this week. Indeed, we do. We've got your uh, your four legged friend now. How's yeah. uh, how's he settling in? Yeah, he's not doing too badly. He's sat watching me at the moment. I don't think he's going to participate because he actually came from Broughton near Scunthorpe, so I'm worried that he's an iron. Um, but if he is, it's all right because <laughs> I've got a burlap bag and some bricks. <laughs> wow, starting the podcast off pretty dark this week. <laughs> yeah, I, I obviously have no intention of drowning Charlie, uh, who was already named Charlie when he came to me. But I'd like to think with the game that we've got coming up at the weekend that he's named after Charlie Adam and not the Scottish uh, alcoholic or whatever he is at Stoke. The other one. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, I mean, we'll we'll touch on uh, we'll touch on some some stuff on the big derby later on. But uh, what we're going to do first is sort of touch on. What I can only be described, well, what I can only really describe as one of the most bizarre games of football that I think I've ever listened to on Saturday. But it was um, it was one that's coming to characterise what this squad and what this team's made of, isn't it? Uh, the, the Swindon game, um, which was just, well, it was bonkers, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I think... Every season you get a couple of games like that. I mean, it, at the time it always feels like a one-off because you're used to turning up and seeing a 1-0 win, a 2-1 defeat or whatever. Um, but obviously last year there was Luton, I think, on New Year's Day where they had a boy sent off, we were 2-1 up, we had a man... Do you know what I mean? It, 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 when that, that sort of afternoon starts in, in one way and it, it just snowballs and you know, hopefully we've now got it out of our system. But I think the, the really crucial thing is... Um, that we came away with it really with dignity intact at the point. Yeah, I mean that's that's <clears throat> that's really going to be one of the most crucial points that we get all season, I think. And um, I don't necessarily mean in terms of you know a, a result or a singular point that's on the board. I think it's just the the desire to to not give in, and as uh, as Danny said many a time, the refuse to lose attitude that the that group of players seems to have. Um, Looking back at the highlights, there is obviously one massive, massive highlight. But the the bit that stuck out to me was that right at the very end was um, Bozzy's dramatic double block uh, on the line, which was just... I, I, I don't know how he managed to do it. You know, the end of a game, he's very clearly knackered. Everyone's on the last legs. And he just did... He, he threw himself at it and somehow managed to keep it out and we you know we scraped a point um i i just think it's one of those games that we'll look back on at the end of the season and just go that was possibly a definitive moment in the season even though we only got you know we only took a point from it and we were sat here last week saying i think it's a game that we we'd be all right to take three points from um if that makes sense 
Yeah, I mean, going to Michael Boswick, he he reminded me a little bit in that moment of John Terry. Um, not that he's sleeping with anyone's wife, but that <laughs> Terry used to do the same thing. He used to throw himself in front of blocks. Um, he used mm. to put his body absolutely on the line. And Michael Boswick does that. And when I look at him play, I actually think the one thing Michael Boswick doesn't care about is himself. Because he doesn't. He'll put he'll put a head where there's boots. He'll put, I mean, that, Everton. You know, trying to scoop the ball off the line with his hands. That was a sending off offence at Everton. Had the ball been, you know, three, four inches closer, he, he scooped the first goal out with his hands. But he just, it's instinctive. Um, and I mm. think since he's gone to centre-back, people say, well, we've missed him in the midfield. I think he's playing his best football for us now because he's doing what he should be doing. He's a, you know, sorry to Mrs. Boswick for this, but he's a big, ugly bastard at the back that just, you know, come and get me sort of thing. And he must strike fear into the hearts of some centre-forwards. And it's why you know, one or two kind of pale away when they play him. And the ones that perform very well against him are the players that I want us to sign. Because if the striker can play well against Michael Boswick, I'm damn sure he's good enough for Lincoln City. And that's Ashley Nadson, Sam Surridge, Patrick Gamond. They've all done relatively well against him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I disagree a little bit. I don't think it'll be one of them games we look back on and go, that was pivotal because, uh, yeah, I think there's other moments in the season to come and moments that we've had where you go, that was a big, big win. And in the grand scheme of things, you only look at four or five. And at the minute, I look at Forest Green. That was a huge win. Uh, I look at Exeter away, which was another huge win. They're two that really stand out. And, you know, there'll be a couple more, let's hope, MK Dons away and Berry away. That'll be the uh, the next two. Yeah, and, and that's what I mean in terms of it not necessarily being um, <clears throat> one that you look back at at the end of the season in terms of the result. I think just in terms of the the performance and the to, to coin one of Danny's phrases, the grit um, and everything else, I think, the attitude was summed up after we went. I mean, it was really summed up after we went down to ten on Saturday. Um, thing is, you you mentioned um, you, you sort of said in the blog about Bruno's red card. I think we're all we're all kind of on the same page with it. I think some people have been arseholes as they always are on social media. But the thing is, it was a silly red card. It was a silly thing to do. And you watch the footage back, and you see the referee sees. He keeps his eyes on them. He looks ahead for a split second and then looks back and just watches the the incident play out. And he just, it, it's, by the letter of the law, it's a sending off. You know, you've got people saying, oh, it's it's a soft red card and all this. So it might be, but he makes a stamping motion towards an opposition player. You can't do that in today's game. And ultimately, he's paid the price. Um, there are things flying about social media about, uh, you know, oh, my mate was sat behind the dugout, and I and he heard this from from Bruno, and, and then he heard this from Danny Cowley. It's like, well, okay, take everything with a pinch of salt. But it seems like they had a little bit of a to do, and he, he ran down the touch, uh, ran down the tunnel after him to presumably, you know, sort of have a a quiet word with him. Um, obviously, there was uh, the post match interview. He said, oh, it was to try and make him realise, or to try and stop him from doing anything further, or. To further damage key himself. development point, Ben. I think that's what it was, wasn't it? Something like that. Yes, yeah. It was to to, to prevent him from uh, doing anything to further damage himself. I think, or some some words to that effect. But uh, heat at the moment. That's what that was. Players got yeah. sent off. Danny's probably called him something in the first instance. Bruno's kicked back, lashed out verbally at Danny. And at the end of the day, it's like a, a dad chasing his one naughty child down the tunnel and he gets there, bends Bruno over, slaps his ass, do it again and you're in trouble. And, you know, Bruno will learn from that. It was a red card, soft or not. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's a stamp. It's a red card. It's a silly thing to do. Bruno, I think, perceives yeah. that he gets hard done by. I think he does as well to a degree. I think he gets kicked around a bit. Um, mm. But you can't do that. It's that simple. He knows it. We know it. Everyone knows it. Yeah, uh, it's something that we've, well, something that I've definitely mentioned before. And I think that there seems to be this thing with Bruno that he, he almost seems to play for the foul rather than sometimes play through and try and try and beat the man. He'll, he'll try and draw a foul out of somebody or, you, you know, kind of go down a bit easy. I don't like that phrase, but sometimes it seems like he does. And I just wonder if that was it catching up with him on Saturday and maybe got a little bit too frustrated with... Well, obviously got a bit too frustrated with, with what had happened, but I'd I'd like to see that side of his game ironed out a little bit. And I think the the team that we've got at the club at the moment, they're they're certainly improving other areas of his game, you know, defensively. I think he's he's starting to track back a little bit more and he's he's doing 
loads of other stuff um where he's he's been aware he's been aware in interviews and um and quotes in the media about where he realizes that he needs to improve his game but i think he's um it, it's just that area that i think he just needs to tighten up on a little bit and and kind of move it out of the game it's like you're not in portugal now that's not what we do um let's you know let's get your head down and and maybe take a few lessons from Harry. I mean, Harry's obviously a bit younger and I think he's, he's like the bullish, brutish uh, winger that you've mentioned before. And I think maybe if we, if they start to feed off a little bit, uh, feed off each other a little bit in training and, and pick up each other's traits, I think that would potentially iron it out. Um, yeah. But- I don't, I, do you know what? I must admit, I'd, I don't see that very much. I'd, I'll tell you what I'd see. I'd, I'd just see, um, a lad playing a game, getting kicked. Sometimes he thinks that he can go down and win a foul. Sometimes he doesn't. I don't think that's much different to 90% of the players in this division. Um, And I think maybe we've seen it a little bit more in the last week or two because he's not quite been as sharp to dip a shoulder and get past a player. I mean, first couple of weeks of the season, I didn't see him do it at all because he was red hot and he was beating players. And let's face it, we, we were waxing lyrical about him and Harry Toffolo with mm-hmm. no thought whatsoever of either of them, certainly not uh, Bruno, trying to win free kicks. And I think it's only the pitchers have got a little bit heavier. It's getting harder to use his explosive pace. And I think once or twice, let, let, let's be honest, if you actually watch the incident, he probably is fouled. To a, you know, mm. Some referees might have given it. And so there's the element of frustration. People are always going to kick a fancy winger. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't see it as an, an element of his game, um, you know, and we're allowed to disagree. Um, and I, I just think it's it's a symptom of the, of the season, a symptom of where he is physically. Um, and Bruno Andrade's got a huge part to play in our promotion going forward. Uh, and once the pitches get a little bit uh, a little bit stronger and, and he gets the match fitness back, I think um, I think he'll come back twice as strong from this. Yeah, that's one of the biggest things as well is that the. Uh, the I've seen some ridiculous comments on social media. I'm not really going to give them the time of day, but there's there's a big thing about um, uh, there's a big thing about his fitness, and he's not fully fit. I think that's that's patently obvious. He was you know he was limping around the pitch at the end of the Everton game, and I think it's um, I think when he gets back to full fitness, like you say, he'll he'll light the league up again. I I almost wonder if three weeks suspended will potentially give him the time that he needs to get back to that full fitness but just anyway, a, another, regardless another point to pick up on as well he never actually played in portugal and he joined qpr as a 13 year old so you know what i mean it's a qpr it's a qpr thing if anything it's rakeem sterling you know actually yeah sterling you know he, he does it quite a bit doesn't he or he's perceived to do it quite a bit so um yeah, yeah, that's that. And then obviously the second red card for me is probably as as moronic. Um, there's a little bit of confusion yeah. as to whether it was two yellow cards in that incident. Um, BBC reported that he was booked for a foul in the first half, but Jason Shackle should know better. Should know better. Mm-hmm. Well, the balls, the, the penalty's gone in the back of the net. What is the point in giving the referee verbal? And my concern. And I think we, we saw a, a, a symptom of it on Saturday is that referees are just beginning to wise up to us now. Because let's be entirely honest, Danny and Nikki, they are brilliant blokes. You know, if I've got beer in my fridge, they can come around and drink it or high energy drinks or whatever they drink. Um, <laughs> but there are souls on the touchline. Sit and watch. Oh, 100%. It, you know, and they, they admit it. They, you know, they are fighters and, and they are in the referee's ear and they are appealing everything and they win no friends. Um, and, it, you know, now that we've got rid of the likes of Steve Evans, they're probably up there in, in terms of um, antag- not antagonizing, badgering and assistant referees and badgering a fourth mm. official with anyone else in the league. Ben Tone mm. took control of our game against Oldham, I believe, recently, where he sent off Ishmael Miller. And I just wonder if referees are beginning to get a little bit wise to what we're doing. Now, obviously, with the Bruno red card, that wasn't the case. But maybe with Jason Shackle, he's just heard it one too many times as a referee. Because let's face it, referees are human. People were criticising this performance. Yeah. He didn't. He couldn't He couldn't really do anything else. He sent two players off. It was red cards. You know, We've just spent probably four or five minutes talking about that. But at the end of the day, it's, it's all about the nine men and the result. And for me, Absolutely. I, I you know, we move on. And we won't actually miss Shackle. And to a degree, we might not even miss Bruno. 
because he's not mm. been fully fit. So we'll play Tom Pett out there or we'll play Kellen Gordon on the right and Harry Anderson on the left. We'll bring Scott Wharton in. And OK, we've only got a squad of 17, but last time I checked, you can only play 11 with three substitutes anyway. So whatever. Very fair point. Um, but I, let's just, before we before we wrap Swindon up, what a strike from Shane McCartan. Not seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I will believe that. No, I no. Just, I mean, somebody said. Um, I think it was on Radio Lincolnshire. Somebody said that's one of the best strikes that they've ever seen from somebody in a Lincoln City shirt. And, I mean, I'm almost tempted to agree. It was, it was just such a wonderful strike. Um, it it caught it so sweetly, and like everyone that I've shown it to, even people that have absolutely no interest in League Two football have just looked at it and just gone, bloody hell, who's that? And when I say it's, you know, it's one of Lincoln's players, it's good. Jesus Christ. But man, what an unbelievable goal. And I was a little bit gutted that it wasn't the match winner. But ultimately, like we said, you can't complain when you've you've battled and fought your way to a, a 2-2 when you're you know, down to nine men. Gifted two goals by a really bad keeper who was gifted as a last-minute equaliser on our own ground. If I remember last season, we drew 2-2 and their keeper threw the ball into his own net from a corner right at the end and it was given to Bozzy. Um, McCartan struck the ball incredibly well. It was on a tight angle. It was instinctive. The keeper was miles away from his line. What he was doing coming for that ball, I will never know. Even (laughs) Even if the defender wants to nod it back to him, he has to stand 10, 15 yards away from the defender so that he doesn't head it past him. He leaves the defender no chance to hook it over his head. And let's not forget, John O'Kindy won't get an assist for that, but he was working incredibly hard on his own all game. Um, and it was his flick on that set whoever it was off running into the channel. Uh, it was a good goal. I'd, I'd argue I've, I don't, this is not me being the grouch. I think I've seen better, um, but it's probably in the top five. I mean, there's, there was a goal that Matt Reed scored. And it doesn't get played all that much. It was it was a chip, and I think it was against Aldershot, but I might be wrong. And he's, the keeper's off his line again, but he's had to change direction. He's had to swerve, and and that was a, a wonderful goal. And obviously there was Charlie Adam as well. Uh, but mm. one thing that I will say is that in recent years we have been spoiled with quality strikes. Because oh, absolutely! You know, during the Keith era, we got the odd one or two. We got a butcher again strike or something like that. Nine times out of ten, it was a you know a flick on and a, a yayo volley or a you know corner nodded in or something like that. And we have seen some you know free kicks. Neil Erdley's free kick against Cambridge. Jason Shackle's free kick. There was the team goal. I think it was at the beginning of Morecambe where Harry Anderson slotted it in from Pettentoff. I just we're being spoiled, and we should mm. you know every week we talk about a goal that could be goal of the season. Every week, it's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, there was um, there was something on the on the club social media that said uh, we're we're going to struggle to pick a goal of the season. And when you look at it, so far this season we've had Frex against County, we've had Shackles free kick, we've had Early's free kick against Cambridge, and then we've had Shea's goal at the at the weekend against Swindon. Now, any other, like you say, we're just being spoiled. Any other season, you'd say. Any one of those, you go, oh, yeah, without a doubt, goal of the season. But I'm struggling to pick out which one it will be yeah. at this point. There'll, there'll be more as well. There'll be more. There'll, oh, be, there'll be another free kick or two. There'll be another long-range strike from Shea. What I just wish from Shea is that with these wonder strikes, because he got one against MK Dons. Do you remember the volley against MK Dons? That, again, he, you know, mm. it's such great technique. I just wish with Shea that he had had a few tap-ins as well, that he'd get forward in and around a kindy and pick up the pieces. Because I tell you something, when he adds that to his game, that boy can play championship football. But at the minute, he's, he's just that one step away. He's just just not quite there. Um, but when he's got that sort of technique in his locker, yeah, phenomenal. Absolutely mm. phenomenal. And people sort of saying, no, oh, maybe he's, he's not the, the right player. Um, there's things that he should add to his game. But if we keep him until the end of the season, which it looks like we're going to do, for me, that's almost as good mm-hmm. as a signing. Somebody, I think, yesterday, yeah, I, I read somewhere Mansfield have got a squad of 31 at the minute. I sort of gave that a little, 30, yeah. that a little round of applause. And they're going, oh, well, some of them are youth team. That's oh, all right, and 31. I firmly believe that we'll be able to get automatic promotion with a squad of 22. 
and there'll be people in uproar going, no, we need reinforcements. No point. Look at Bernard Mensah. What's the point Bernard Mensah having been at the club? Adam Crooks. What did Adam Crooks bring to the club? There's no point in having all of that. It's only in the eventuality of an injury. You work on a squad mm. of 20 with two versatile players and then back up with a couple of your young players and it's fine. So, you know, I know we're not covering the transfer window just yet, but that's my opinion. 18 minutes in, we haven't even moved on from the first game yet. <laughs> um, well, obviously, the, the 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 game to talk about uh, this week is the derby against the Cods. So, I mean, there's there's a part of me that wants to sort of say there's not really much point in doing a, a pregame because ultimately, when it when it comes to derby day, nine times out of ten, the form goes out the window, doesn't it? Have you read my notes, you bugger? <laughs> Literally, on my notes, I've written exactly the same thing. No point. We, we can pick out a couple of decent players of theirs, which I'm going to do. Um, but you're absolutely right. There's there's no point whatsoever. And you look at all the derbies down the years and you look at the different league positions and it goes out the window. really does. Mm. The fact that they're in good form up until two defeats now, Mansfield and Macclesfield, yeah. either side of the QPR, yeah. FA Cups, it's three. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um don't matter. They'll come to Sinselbank, backed by a big crowd, massive atmosphere. And people actually say Sinselbank's intimidating. And, you know, you should always make your home advantage count. I think we saw the flip side of that when we went to Everton. In the, you get 1,500 mm. people singing in one end. I'm sorry, no matter what anybody says and no matter how much you chastise people, 8,000 home fans are only going to have two and a half to 3,000 singing at any one time. That's that's mm. the, that's home support for you. You go away, everybody sings. And I actually think that in the in the really big games, my teams are backed by huge crowds at Sinsel Bank. If you look back, we don't actually do all that well. Mansfield, two years mm. on the bounce, lost and drawn. Um, Notts County, okay, they were shit this year, but last year uh, it was the 2-2 draw. Coventry last year yep. lost 2-1. When that away end is absolutely packed... It does take away a little bit of our advantage, our advantage, not add to it. When there's the bus driver and Mark Cooper's dad and a couple of other people sat in there and it's Forest Green, you see what happens. They can dominate us and we'll win 2-1 because we're loud and we're proud. But it kind of goes the other way, I think. So, yeah, no point in doing a preview. I, I think you're right. So, anyway, what you got any more of my notes you want to steal? <laughs> I wish I did. Um, no, I, honestly, I just think um, we're going to, like it is just, I'm really looking forward to it. Like it, it's it's the first game you look for on the fixture list every year. Um, when a, when's it going to be? Last year it was actually on my birthday, which was wonderful because it got to the point where we were um, well, we were leading quite uh, quite comfortably last season, and it was uh, I just went bloody hell. This is this is impressive, um, yeah. and I, I went out and got. Like horribly drunk afterwards, which was you know the perfect way. Three nil, one after half hour. Scott Wharton scored. Yeah. But yes, yes, he scored did. a decent yeah, goal. I think was, with his uh, feet, if I remember correctly, for the, the uh, back stick. Um. Uh, yeah, I believe it. But yeah, I believe it so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And look, I mean, they've got some good players. Let's not um, let's not beat around the bush. They they put a good run of form together and they're probably not doing as well as they should be doing when you consider one or two of the lads they've got. Um, I can't tell you about their new Swedish imports. They've brought a couple of people in from the Helsingborg uh, or whatever they call the Swedish league. Um, <laughs> but I can tell you about Elliot Embleton. I can tell you quite a lot about him in a couple of weeks' time because I'm going to meet him. He won the PFA Player of the Year award and he's the guy I get to go and interview. You know, I did Kieran Agard. So, um, hmm. yeah, typical. I'm thinking, I want one nice and close to home. You know, maybe Tom Pett, John Akindi, and I get the phone call, do you want to go to Grimsby's training ground to meet Elliot Embleton? Yeah, terrific. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it, you know, it, it'll be nice. I'll get to go and have a look around whatever they've got as a training ground. And uh, he's a good player. He's on loan from Sunderland. He's a good, good young lad. They've just extended his loan until the end of the season. One player I really like for them is Wes Thomas, who um, he was at hmm. Oxford, and I think he can make things happen. It'll be a very different Grimsby to the one we rolled over at our place last year in what was, I think, one of Michael Jolly's first games, if not his first game. Um, uh, I think it was, actually, yeah. I know that, I think that was, the, that was the the fear, wasn't it, that we'd have um, the sort of new manager dead cat bounce, if you like, um, where it was it was one of those where you think, oh, Christ, are we are we going to do this? And then, fortunately, we, we rolled him over. But, um, yeah, I... 
like I say, what can you what can you discuss about this game? Nothing. Let's move on. What? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, right. So yeah, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about a um, couple of transfer bits and bobs, people leaving, and one that's not necessarily related to Lincoln City, but um, one that is raising a few eyebrows, shall we say? So first up, we've got the news about Adam Crooks leaving the club. Who? Um, <laughs> Sorry, that's really I think he was a defender. Yeah, no, well, that's really unfair because Adam um, is a player who will go on and have a decent career, but he's come to the wrong club at the wrong time. And I think, um, you know, best of luck to him at Port Vale, but he was never going to get a game at Lincoln. And as soon as we went out of the EFL trophy, that was it. That was always going to be the end of it. Do wonder if the fact that we didn't play him as much tarnishes our reputation with Forrest when it comes to borrowing other players, but... Um, no, I, you know, I don't want to make a little joke there at Adam's expense, which is a little bit cruel, but I saw him twice, I think. So there was a Blackburn game where he was definitely at fault for the first goal. There was a Mansfield game where he was definitely at fault for the first goal. It's just young, needs regular football, and I think really he should have got it in the National League. I think the Port Vale moves a mistake for him, but best of luck to him, hope it does well. Yeah, uh, you know, you can't really, you can't fault somebody for, for trying to, do what they can in the career and unfortunately it's as you say it's not worked out for for Adam at the moment um it's a shame because it's always it is always nice to see a, a local lad kind of come into the squad even if it's not um if it's not through the academy kind of thing it's it's yeah it's, it's nice to see but um yeah I think best of luck to him going forward and I hope the Vale move doesn't doesn't uh, you know backfire on him, but it will. I, I, I'm tempted to agree with you that it will do because yeah. it's it's not going to be the best option for him at this. The point. only way it works out is if they discover that he can actually defend the corner because they haven't got a centre half at the club that can. Um, <laughs> so that might work out for him. My own personal thought as well is that if we're going to have young lads around the squad not playing, we may as well make them our own. Um, like mm-hmm. I know he's not a defender, but Elliot Sartorius is obviously coming through. There's uh, Lad Bucci, I think, plays at full back. You've obviously got Jordan Adebayo Smith. They're the players that should be around the first team squad. And uh, unfortunately for Adam Crooks, I think that Danny probably thinks the same way. Um, Crooks was never going to yeah. play in League Two action for us. Never. When I mean, you look at the centre backs we've got, I think he was only ever considered full back cover anyway. And from what I saw of him, I would probably rather have me at full back. Yeah, uh, as you say, fair play, all the best to him going forward. But uh, let's talk a little bit about George Grant because it was a name that was mentioned last week on the podcast and it's a name that I said I would love to have seen come to the club, but I didn't think it was going to happen. What I didn't see was him going to Mansfield. Now, We've made, I think we've made light of of the situation with you know with Mansfield's wages and and the, I mean the, their wage bill must be astronomical at this point. But we've made we've made light of it before, and we probably will do again. But it's one of those instances where something comes along where I think they've signed two players on loan this week. Three. Um, is it three? Signed Jordan and, and you just think, last week. Right. Okay. And I just think, how are they able to to keep doing this with with doubtlessly huge wages? Um, and and it's it prompted us to have a little chat before we started about uh, financial fair play because my understanding was that it didn't apply to uh, League Two clubs, and then I think you've sort of pulled it up and said, oh, it does. It's just in a slightly different manner. Yeah. Well, first of all, um, I expected George Grant to sign for us. Um, I genuinely did. And I, yeah, I, I pulled it up on the blog. I don't always pick these names at random. I know that my Peter of a blog named seven players that we might sign. And it was the eighth one that is now being mentioned. Um, but the whispers I'd heard from individuals were that perhaps George Grant was one that we liked to look up. Uh, and I thought, well, where else would he rather go? You know, we've got four sides to our ground. Um, we're top of the league. <laughs> we get plenty of fans, probably twice as many as the Stags do. And, you know, he wouldn't be a reactionary signing on the back of our first or two defeats of, of three, would he? So I, I genuinely, you know, it never entered my mind he'd go to Mansfield and somebody on Friday said, oh, he's, he's Mansfield fans think he's going now. Yeah, deluded, aren't they? 
So when the news broke yesterday, genuinely, I was actually gutted, absolutely gutted, because I thought George Grant was a decent lad and he's chosen money. Um, if he, if indeed we were in for him, I, yeah, I don't have that rock solid, but at the end of the day, um, I don't think it's a good move for him. I think Mansfield is just it's boom or bust. Now, as you say, we, we sorry, Bob. No, I was, was going to say it. It is very much boom or bust. Given the um, obviously there was the uh, there was a somewhat spirited, and I'll call it a rant because it was. Um, it was a bit of a rant from Carolyn Radford on Twitter at the end of last season, where she basically went off on one, saying, "Me and John have done all this for the club, and all you know X, Y, Z, and we need to seriously look at who we're taking on, and and all of this." And I just thought, "Oh, give it a rest. You've you've missed out on the playoffs. Just go again next season." You know, it's not it's not a case of you're going to be you're going to have to do exactly what you need to do this year or or that's it. You know, they're not the they're not the League Two equivalent of Aston Villa. They're not kind of. I mean, they might well be in terms in, in some of the, the things they're trying to get away with, but they don't plow money into something and then say, right, if we don't go up this season, then that's it, we're done. Which was essentially what happened with Villa last year, and they've I think they've just about scraped through it, but. It's not a, and it's that word again that we've used to describe us before. It's not a sustainable model, and I think they are going to be in serious trouble if they don't go up this year. You know, their fans argue that it is a sustainable model because their turnover matches their expenditure, but um, depends on the definition of turnover, doesn't it? And uh, it's particularly important when you're looking at at the financial fair play rules, which are actually not called FFP in. Um, in the EFL, and I'm, I, again, I'm assuming that this information is up to date. So, um, you know, I might be hanging myself here. Um, but League One mm. and League Two clubs are actually um, governed by something called Salary Cost Management Protocol, which is SCMP, which limits spending on a player's right. wages to the percentage of the club turnover. So, in League One, uh, last time I checked, um, clubs could spend sixty percent of their turnover on wages, and in League Two, the limit is fifty-five percent of their turnover in wages, uh, but there are no restrictions as such on the amount a club can lose or spend on transfer fees, which would kind of make you think, well, hang on, Mansfield aren't paying these players, uh, aren't buying these players, rather, they're just paying them. Now, when you go down to turnover definition, under the SCMP rules definition of turnover, um, which is used to determine the maximum wage spend, is um, three, contains rather three elements, match day income, well, three sides of your ground, uh, mm-hmm. Commercial income, such as sponsorship, that's the crucial one. And TV revenue, mm-hmm. with any merit payments based on league position. It's that commercial income, such as sponsorship, and it's how Dale Vince gets away with propping up Forest Green. Because he can sponsor Forest Green for mm-hmm. £6 million a year. Boom, there you go. No problem yeah. at all. And so then they can only spend 55% of that. So they can only have a wage budget, let's say, of three million a year. Those numbers are plucked out. I know Vince doesn't put £6 million a year in. It's three years he puts it in over. Um but yeah, that, that's where it is. And and that's why Mansfield can keep doing what they're doing. And people seem to think that, you know, oh, they're loan players, so Nottingham Forest will be paying a portion of their wages. Rubbish. No, they won't. Nottingham Forest won't be paying any of the wages for George Grant, I wouldn't have thought. Because if they were, they, wouldn't, they, would, be, they would be placing him based on football grounds, not giving the player and the agent his choice. And that's what Tyler Walker had pre-season. The player and the agent had the choice. So it's not that Forest aren't going, we want you to go to Lincoln on loan. Forrester obviously letting a player and his agent choose where to go. Um, and it's not necessarily wages either. Maybe they're only paying his Nottingham Forest wages and then he's on bonuses. So your Nottingham Forest wages are 1,500 yeah. quid. Then there's a three grand match bonus. Um, I do know I had it on relatively good authority that Tyler Walker was costing them around £5,000 a week. Uh, for, I'd, I'd heard four and a bit, four and a yeah, half. Yeah. But I think it was four nine was actually what I was told. And I rounded it up for sensationalist headlines. Um, George right. Grant, I don't know. I've got no idea. One would imagine it's going to be around three. Nicky Josie from Charlton. It's got to be another three, isn't it? Um, Jordan Smith, lad from Forest, two minimum. He was playing in Forest's first team in the League Cup earlier this season. It's a big outlay. Big outlay. Mm. If they don't go up and she starts bloody flapping her flippers around from a sunbed in Morocco in May when they're losing in the playoff final or whatever, it's not good. And what when they do go up then? Because all these loan players go back. So then what? They've not mm. got anything to go into League One with. Sell CJ Hamilton for 1.5 million or whatever. It's probably what they're hoping for. 
But no, I, I was jealous yesterday and I was upset and I was angry because I really thought we'd sign George Grant and I thought that he would do a grand job for us. Um, but I would much, much rather be us, much rather be us with a team that's contracted to us by one or two, where our key players belong to us, where our fan base supports our our, our progress, not our input. So, sorry, I know I've ranted a little bit there, but I'm I'm not a Mansfield Town fan. No, I'm in I'm in absolute agreement with you. It's it's just I, I can't figure out for the life of me how it's possible for this to happen and obviously the 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 rules are there to be bent and pushed and twisted and and borderline broken with some of the stuff that they're getting away with but i i would absolutely love it and i don't want to go (laughs) full keegan I, i i really don't want to go full keegan but i honestly would love it if they didn't go up this year just to see the twitter meltdown they're not even the worst at it because forest green are the worst at it Sorry. Oh Sorry. yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off, mate, but they are. No, no, they no, I'm I'm in agreement. It's it's just we've we've had the we've had the rant about Forest Green in a previous podcast and it more or less the same thing applies to Mansfield. Like I can't I I'm not gonna lie, one of the funniest things that happened last the last year was when Evans left Mansfield. I was I was on holiday. Um I was in a, a, a little villa in the um, in centre parks or whatever you want to call it, and I got um, I got a message through. It came up on Twitter and it just said Steve Grant, uh, Steve Grant, sorry, uh, Steve Evans has left Mansfield Town, and I could not stop laughing. I just thought that couldn't have been orchestrated by a nicer twat to a nicer bunch of twats. It was just, it was glorious. But I felt sorry for him. <laughs> Uh, that, for, that I did very briefly. I felt sorry for them because I thought they'd been made to look like a pair of mugs. And now, with hindsight, I realise they are. But at the time, I didn't. At the time, I kind of thought, you know, they're putting all that money in, and for him to turn around and do that, I, I, I felt for the pair of them. I really did. Um, more for me, eh? Yeah. I, I mean, there's there's stories from a former colleague that I could I could relay, but I'm not going to relay them on the podcast because I don't want to get sued. Um, about one call um, about about the boardroom and other areas of Mansfield yeah. Town that I don't want to yeah go into. But yeah, so, yeah. If you see me at the ground, buy me a beer and I'll tell you. Um, yeah, well, I'll, I'll, you'll tell me anyway. Well, of course so. I will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all I tell you then another, another thing I want to pick up on Mansfield is didn't they run a social media question the other day? Do we want to redevelop the crap stand, whatever it is it's called, or build a hotel on the on the grounds? That that was something they genuinely put to the fans. And you just think, if you're if you go into League One with three sides to your ground, you are going to get laughed at. Yep, it's that simple. Yep, laughed at now for it. And their, their fans must cringe a little bit. They come to our place, and yeah, we've got a decent ground. Well, aside from anything else, we've got four sides to it. Yeah, as nearly as have nearly every other team in the football league. Bar is it Northampton? Did Northampton have three sides? Uh, with a half-built stand, haven't they? But that's that's uh, not entirely their fault. There's Exeter's yeah, it is. There's one, one side that's is, not been finished. Exeter's one is is not quite the full length of the stand. Uh, full length, but of it's the been ground, sorry. done though, isn't it? I uh, think the fact is the clubs that don't have it haven't made a conscious decision just to go. No, nah, let's just board it up and spend a load of money on players. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's lazy. It really is. I just anyway. Let, let's move on because I'm done. I'm, I'm, working myself up. No, that's fine. I think, um, to be honest with you, I think that's pretty much it for um, things in terms of discussion points this week. Obviously, yep. as I said, the, the big one is uh, is the derby and it's, I, I don't like, I don't like saying it because it, it kind of feels a bit like a cop out, but honestly, there isn't a huge amount of, uh, a huge amount of point in, in talking about the, the previewing the game. Because I just, Give us a prediction, though. Uh, oh Christ, chicken! Right, do not play this back to me if I get it wrong. But I think we'll win three-one. Repeat, okay. repeat of last year. It's going to be a difficult game. It's not going to be a case of you know turning them over in in twenty minutes. But I think we'll I think we'll do them. How about you? No, I'm not giving a prediction. You can't do it on oh, these you... games, man. We've just talked about it for Bastard. thirty-seven. <laughs> not me. <laughs> That's not and fair. you're not cutting that from the podcast either. <laughs> Go on then, I'll give you a prediction, even though I, I think whenever these derby games come in, I think that you always got to look for a draw. 
And I, I, I don't think we'll play for a draw. That's not what I'm saying. But I think that they're always likely to be a draw. So I'm actually going to go for one all. Okay, fair enough. Actually, there was one thing um, that you, you did say we, we could do and it's favourite Grimsby moments, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I thought you were winding up to that because you said that's all we can discuss about for this week. I thought you were then going to say, and let's finish with. Okay, yeah, um, sorry. So, so let's finish yeah. with. Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> we could edit that out, but we're not going to. We're kind of like a shambolic, um, totally football league show, are we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah, um, let's let's finish on uh, our favourite Grimsby moments then. So uh, what, what's your favourite Grimsby moment um, in your time My supporting ab- the Imps? My absolute favourite moment, and it's not even the whole game. It was one moment in a game which became a game that I'll never ever forget was when we beat them 5-0 um, yeah. at Sinsel Bank. And it's not when Steve Bleasdale, uh, not Steve Bleasdale, Russell Slade did the uh, did the talk on the pitch, didn't he, at half-time? Yeah. I say Steve Bleasdale because he actually walked out as Peterborough manager on the same day. Oh, okay. Uh, and it was on Big Run Manager. But anyway, um, so yeah, it's not even that. It was Jamie Forrester's goal because Keith Alexander's entire reign at Lincoln City was punctuated by his incessant drive to find a striker. And he never found the one player that was going to score him 25 a season and was going to add to the game overall. He got Yeo, I think, bang 20-odd in one season. But Yeo, you know, he was patchy at times, let's be honest. Great player, great character. But Keith was constantly looking. The number that came through on loan, do you remember the Shane Bradleys, the Chris Wards, I think, was signed permanently. There was Danny, um, somebody or other from Hull, Webb, Danny Webb from Hull, who was Dave Webb's son. There was just constant Rory May, Ellis Remy, Marcus Richardson. We could sit here all night. Mm. Jamie Forrester walks through the door, walks into the Lincolnshire Derby and scores within, what, 20 minutes maybe? With, if I remember, it was like a, a chipped finish. He'd been a Grimsby Town fan bef- uh, player before. He'd he'd been all round Lincolnshire, and I, I just remember thinking at that time, Keith's found his striker, and then Keith left at the end of the season. And for me, it was almost it it, it was almost he, he got to this point where it's like, all right, you know, my job's done. His job wasn't to get us out of the playoffs. His job was to find a striker. You put enough strikers on the pitch, Keith says you'll score goals. Put Jamie Forrester on the pitch, and we'll score goals. Yeah. So that, and of course, Charlie Adams. Phenomenal goal as well. That was great. Yeah. So the the thing is, the two moments are two that annoyingly you've just mentioned, and the first one for me. Okay. You got to pick fir- another one then. <laughs> well, I was going to say the first one for me is the moment when the halftime team talk was given on the pitch, um, and it's it's just because it was so bloody funny. It it really was. I mean, it, it was a it, it was a week after my birthday. We always seem to play uh, the 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 games that stick in my mind. We always do seem to to play them around my birthday and with with Grimsby, which, judging by your hints, is sometime around March. It is, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There you go, um, listeners. We've 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 rammed it home now. Ben's birthday's in March. <laughs> um, but no, it's it was just that it was just that that moment when you stood there going. What is what? What's happening here? Why are why is oh he's taking the team to this is incredible and I've only seen that I think twice and there was the obviously the the Grimsby one and then was it Phil Brown with Hull? Yeah, he did. Yeah, in the Premier League, um, Jimmy Bullard did the and did the piss take. Yeah, when he scored. Yeah. Um, well, the, the hardest thing was I was actually poacher that day and I was so horrified to see it. I didn't actually go over and take the piss in the suit. Oh, God. I just left them to it. Bloody hell! Um, but that—that that was, yeah, it, it was just wonderful. And I've still got the DVD uh, to this day because it was—it was back when the club were doing the DVDs of individual games after the fact, and we've still got that downstairs. So I think before last season's uh, before last season's derby, I uh, I pulled it out and uh, just watched it for old times' sake. Um, the other one, of course, is uh, is the the wonder strike from Charlie Adam, which was, I, I mean, listening back to it now on um, on YouTube, you, you just hear the roar of Chris Ashton when it goes in. It's it's brilliant to listen to, uh, and then of course the the other one, seeing as I have to give another one um, because I'm not allowed that one. Ooh, menace in your voice. <laughs> It was definitely last year uh, with the the three one win when it just seemed to be so comfortable um, and they 
we just seemed to take our foot off the off the pedal in the second half and they didn't really come back into it and it was just it was really nice interesting um, that neither of us have mentioned Hamza's late winner and same year as Charlie Adams goal I was actually I missed that game I was actually at a meeting in Northampton when I was working for a kitchen company whose kitchens definitely don't fall apart and you should definitely buy one from there um <laughs> yeah I um I missed that but I think anybody that was was witnessing that game would say that that moment because it felt like a football league game and we hadn't had games that felt like that for a very long time and I think there was a decent crowd yeah. And it's one of those games. It was I, there was another one that I did go to, and I can't remember who it was. Now I remember sitting in the stands with Dad and going, "This is what we miss because there was atmosphere." And I think when Hamza slammed that home, I think yeah. it gave everybody a lift as well. Yeah, so I mean that, a, was, that was a good moment. The other oh, that was my knuckle. Sorry, uh, that was quite a loud crack. Um, the other one was the the first. Uh, it was the first away uh, away derby game in the league because if I remember rightly, they were quite close together we had the home game we had the home game and think end of december and then the the away game was about a month later 2000 what the what sorry what year is this was it 2004 so 04 2004 to 5 we played at home on december the 29th did we draw one or with a craig westcar goal um, uh, I can't remember the no, home. Craig West, no, we drew. I think we drew nil nil. I think Craig Westcott actually scored against Berry around that time as well. Yeah, I but can't then we went the there and won four two. That was it. It was it was the four two result because Yeo got a hat trick. Um, yeah, I blogged about that tonight. Did you? Yeah, that that was a blog, yeah. that was a, a special day as well. But uh, <laughs> I've actually yeah, got, it was. I was say I've actually got a bet on this season um, with with a Grimsby fan who. I'm pretty sure they didn't. They they just were blinded by their hatred for Lincoln City. But um, we've we've got a bet on that. If Lincoln go up, they're going to have to change their Facebook profile picture for a month to them wearing a Lincoln City shirt. And if we don't go up, uh, it'll be me in a Grimsby shirt for a month. So I keep saying to them, "Look, I'll size you up for a shirt. It's not a problem." Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's. I don't think they realise just just how how well we're doing at the minute, but. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably... Here's one more, here's on, one more it, yeah. thing to go at then. Last one. What's your lowest moment against Grimsby Town? Oh, Christ. Um, probably getting pumped 5-1. Uh, was it 5-1? Under Peter Jackson. Yeah. Danny and Gesson penalty. Michael O'Connor's debut for Lincoln, that was. Mm. Come, you come on as a sub that day, if I remember correctly. Well, they had that act, act, per act pro lad who's constantly ties my tongue I think he scored twice that game but didn't they score they won it one all and then they scored four in the last 12 minutes or something like that uh, that sounds about right yeah my lowest was um, losing 4-1 Boxing Day uh, 2012 I think it would have been at yeah. home Alan Power penalty um, I seem to remember we had players like Dan Gray Peter Gilbert Gary Mills maybe Jake Sheridan started that day as well uh, I can't remember that. Oh God, that's that's killed the pod, hasn't it? Imagine ending <laughs> on that. But that's what that happens time, when you go was, off script. As I say, there was that time that we beat him five nil, and that was really good. Oh yeah, when they did the team talk on the pitch at that's half the time. One. Yeah, like, yeah, that was amazing. There was, there was there was that time I went away to Grimsby and didn't tread in white dog shit on the way out of the ground. <laughs> I can't remember exactly when that was. Once, I'm sure, I'm sure it happened once. Oh dear. The thing uh, is, the thing is, Lincoln will be famed for their. FA Cup run for many many years, where we ended up getting to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Grimsby will be forever remembered for having or for, for inspiring a film by Sasha Baron Cohen, in which, if I remember rightly, he gets stuck inside an elephant. Yeah, he does. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I did watch that. It was a stupid film. Yeah, stupid film. Yeah. <laughs> But, they'll uh, also be remembered for Clyde Mendonca and predominantly being a championship side, I suppose. But we'll forget that. Yeah, let's let's not talk about that. Anyway, that's uh, <laughs> I think that's probably a decent spot to wrap it up. Uh, is there anything you need 100%. to plug this week? No, no, I can't think that there is. I'm going to be putting the fanzine because I actually found another box in the car, so I'm going to be putting that on uh, eBay soon. But we are sponsoring a player. I have spoken to Emily at the club. 
Okay. Um, and we are we have agreed to sponsor a player in principle. At the moment, the player that I've agreed to sponsor is available and currently on loan from another club. Um, but once I've, I've paid the money from the uh, fanzine income, if that player leaves, it will be transferred, which is why I'm, we're not making any announcement as yet. But that's all from income from the fanzine. So um, okay. thank you to everybody who's listening who buys it. And we will be selling some more against Grimsby. And this time it will be going towards print costs for next time. So um, please do come and, and find us. Cool. Actually, no, it won't. Print costs are paid for. Oh, we'll put it forward to something else. We'll, we'll sponsor a youth team player this time around. So yeah, buy it again. That's all. <laughs> there we go. Um, and the only other thing for me is uh, keep your eyes open on my Twitter feed and Next Gen Bases Twitter feed because uh, we're going to be doing a massive charity live event again this year. Uh, we, we've done it for the past three or four years, I think, um, where we've, over the last weekend in February, we, we basically live stream um, on on YouTube and Twitch for, for 24 hours uh, to raise money for a charity called Special Effect, who are absolutely incredible. They help disabled people who, um, whether they've had uh, disabilities from birth or whether they've been injured in, in accidents or anything like that, um, we... We, we try and raise money for them to enable the, the people to play games and to have uh, modified controllers, that kind of thing, so that even if they've got limited mo- uh, mobility or anything like that, they are able to enjoy video games, which is... They're a wonderful charity. I'd, av- I'd just advise you to check them all out. Um, and last year, I think over the course of the, t- over the period of time that we've done it, we've raised somewhere in the region of about three and a half grand for them so far. Um, wow. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're looking to do go one better this year and, and raise a raise hopefully another grand for them. And last year we were joined by, um, so, uh, 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 what was, what's the, the politest way to put this? We were joined by a glamour model for the 24 hours, um, by the name of Lucy Collette. Um, and she, Ooh. she may well be joining us again this year, but, uh, yeah, stay tuned and we'll, we'll be putting some information about that out. So, uh, yeah, that's my, I'll tell you what, we'll, 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 we'll give 50% of our sales on Saturday to your charity then instead oh, of sponsoring a player. Thank so, you very much. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll do that. No worries. Appreciate that. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, that's going to do us for the week. We will see you again next Thursday. I should probably mention, actually, we are recording this on Tuesday night. So if there's any transfer news that happens on Wednesday, um, we've not covered it for that reason because I'm actually really busy for the rest of the week. So we'll still put it out on Thursday. But if there's anything we've not discussed that happens on Wednesday, that's the reason why. Um, but we're back to Wednesday recording Thursday release next week and we'll see you then see you then cheers all bye it's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow you've got your McNugget share boxes on the go your mate's already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.